Welcome to the Live Aloha podcast. In the Hawaiian language, aloha is more than a salutation. It can mean love, affection, compassion, mercy, sympathy, kindness, and even grace. But living aloha is the coordination of the mind and the heart within each of us with a mutual regard and affection that can extend warmth and caring And here's the key part, with no obligation in return. So join us as we explore life through the eyes of the Aloha Spirit. And mahalo for listening. Welcome, 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 everybody. Um, You don't know this, but we are recording this episode, like, really early for me. Um, so if I have a little bit of, um, morning voice, I mean, just enjoy it. It's, you never know what's going to happen here. Um, I also have one of my favorite people in the entire world on the podcast, the sassy dietitian, AKA Laura Ligos. Hi. Hi friend. You're one of my favorites too. Hi. And we say, Hello. we say hi. Hi. <laughs> So, um, first, before you do anything, listeners, pull up your phone, go to Instagram, and go to the Sassy Dietitian. Is that your full handle? Yes, two T's, no C. You've said that before. Two T's, no C. Two T's, no C. You need a t-shirt that says that. Two T's, no C. I keep keep the tit in dietitian, something. Hmm. And sip my coffee. You just sip on that. So, Sassy obviously is a registered dietitian, and she obviously got her nickname for a reason. She's she's fairly sassy sometimes. She's wicked smart, and while I am sure one day I will have her back on the podcast to discuss all things nutrition, because. She just, like I said, like stupid smart about that. We're not going to talk about that today. Are we sassy? Nope. Mm-mm. No, I don't even think we're going to talk about food. I mean, maybe because you and I will probably get hungry and we might want a snack. But I love snacks. Right. We are going to discuss you, your transformation, your life. Um, one of the cool things about you is in the... You want to say like maybe three years I've known you? Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like that. I have personally watched you just like, this sounds ridiculously cheesy, but like blossom. And I knew that your story, your journey so far needed to be told. So let's go in our little time machine. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. right and go at a billion gigawatts and I want to start off with um, a little bit about you and how you grew up who you are what makes you you and then we'll jump start back to kind of the catalyst of how you you know started to um kind of revolutionize how you look at your life, how you grow your business, things like that. So 
in back in time, back to the future. Who are you? Where'd you grow up? How, who are you? Oh my God, that is a big question. You know that we were asked that in, I think it was eighth grade. And so I went to a Catholic school um, and it was all girls, which is funny because most of my friends were always guys because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sassy. And so sometimes it comes across not so great. Um, But I remember our theology teacher asking us who we were and, you know, we all would say different things. And she basically told us we were all wrong. She didn't say it like in that way, but she really made you think because a lot of times like, and I'm guilty of doing this. And I think I, I hid behind a lot of identities for a while, but like, you know, I would say, Oh, I'm a swimmer. She goes, no, who are you? And I said, Oh, I'm a lacrosse player. And she's like, no, who are you? And I was like, I don't know who I am. Um, And I truly believe that like, that is your life journey right it's like figuring out who you are and like what makes you tick and why you're here Definitely. but at the time like I was so I grew up in Baltimore Maryland um north of the suburbs in the middle of nowhere and my family was from Philly so I actually was born in Philly my whole family always identified as like Philly fans etc like I'm not really a sports fan I like watching sports and I like sporting events but I I'm so not like a diehard sports fan. It's just not my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up in like a family of like, we are Eagles fans. We are this, you know, like all these identities that are given to you when you're young. And so I was very, uh, I think I still am pretty impressionable. And like, I just want to do what everyone else wants to do because I want everyone to be happy. Um, I grew up with an older brother and a dog um, <laughs> who I loved so much. And uh, yeah, I started, I started sports fairly early on I also started like dance and stuff I don't know if you want this much detail um I want more detail what kind of dance oh girl everything (laughs) and I was terrible at all of it uh it's funny because one of my best friends from growing up we we are the complete opposite in like execution of our life in that like she's an accountant and I'm a creative entrepreneur and she was a really good dancer I was a terrible dancer she did not like sports I loved sports but we were like very similar personalities like loved her to death and we actually have videotapes of us before we were friends in dance class and we were the only two who knew the steps but I grew very fast like I feel like I've been the same height since grade school and I was like this really awkward tall big glasses like goon who's literally like I know all the steps but I am totally not graceful and she knows all the steps but she is so graceful and adorable and like super cute like still little you know she she hasn't like gotten to that awkward phase yet and it's the funniest thing to watch and nobody else knows what they're doing so we're like we're in the center but we're the complete opposite (laughs) and now it's funny because we're like the same height and like you know you wouldn't notice the difference like we're same age everything and it's just it's funny to look back because I I liked dance because I liked being I like music and I like being it but I was so horrific at dance it's funny (laughs) um so then my parents put me in sports because they're like, well, I guess um, we'll just see. Maybe this will work out better. So <laughs> I actually started playing soccer and softball. And I hated both because um, I just wasn't stimulated enough. Like, I actually asked the softball coach if I could be a designated runner. Fun fact, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so my parents put me in lacrosse, and I kind of fell into swimming. And then I just basically, like, that's how I think 
for the most part, I identified myself growing up was always an athlete. I mm-hmm. didn't really know. It, it's something that I talk to a lot about with my clients is like figure out who you are outside of your sport because it's something that I never did and I wish I had because I hid behind being a lacrosse player and being a swimmer for so long mm-hmm. that I think I had a really tough time when it was done figuring out who the heck I was outside of the sport. And I was always the type two where like, I was always the captain. I was always like taking care of the team and always like doing everything I could going above and beyond putting in the extra hours. Like I used to go, you know, do extra some practice. I used to do extra time with lacrosse. Cause I just like, if I was going to go in, I was going to go in a hundred percent. Like, I don't know how to not, um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of that, um, you know, I had a lot of friend issues in like high school and stuff. Middle school was terrible. Like that's the time that you could never pay me to go back to. I was so awkward and <laughs> I was like between friend groups because I was always in like the honors classes, but also on the sports team. So like the honor students didn't like me because I was a jock and the jocks didn't like me because I was in the honors classes. So like. I was this, like, weird, awkward human who, like, has a funny sense of humor, but also, like, sarcastic, but had no idea how to relate to either side. I I also feel like, I almost kind of hope I offend somebody with this comment. Like, (laughs) I feel like if you really enjoyed middle school, like, something's wrong. Like... (laughs) I agree. So one of... Or, or you've got the key to the world and share it with us because... Right. Like, I think what, what are the secrets? Right. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us the secrets, please. Um, it's really funny. So one of my best friends currently is a seventh grade math teacher. And I would give her such credit. I'm like, how, how do you deal with seventh graders? And she goes, it's actually, it's a really hard job. She's like, because I get the worst version of everybody. And I was like, that is the way she put it. I'm like, that's perfect. Like, my seventh grade self was probably the worst version of myself. Yeah, I don't know that it's the worst version of me, but it's definitely not a version I liked. Like, <laughs> Right? It was like something that you don't know who you are yet. You're growing into your body. There's so many horrible. Like, it's just a really awkward time. And the only way to, to get through it is to get through it. <laughs> right. So. No, so that's that's crazy. And then you go to high school and, you know, hormones and Lord knows what's happening with all of us. So, yeah, no, super crazy time. So let's fast forward a little bit to, hmm, when did you know you wanted to be a dietitian? I think that'll help. Um, so story. I actually, I remember sitting on my bed looking at classes before I went left for college and there was this nutrition 101 and I was like, I think I'm going to take this. My mom was like, no, you're not taking that. And I was like, uh, why not? And she's like, because you eat like garbage. And they did. Like, I ate chicken nuggets and ravioli and mac and cheese and hot dogs. Like, that's what I like to eat. Um, And I would eat, I would pretty much eat anything that my mom gave me, but, like, I had a very terrible palate. And so I was like, no, 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 this sounds really interesting. And, like, it's all about food and it's all about, like, how to fuel your body. I'm like, that's really cool. And she's like, okay, whatever, sign up for it, but you're probably going to hate it. Um, So I went to college. College was amazing after being in high school like I hated everything in high school I loved college um and I took this class and it changed everything for me because I was a bio major and I you had to do like a few I don't even know what they were like group mentoring classes and as freshmen and I you were with your major and everyone in my major was like oh I'm pre-med I want to go to this med school and I want to be this kind of doctor I'm sitting there and I'm like 
what this is what bio means like I picked bio because like I like science <laughs> so after that what does bio mean? Want to want. <laughs> yeah, apparently apparently it meant pre-med like, and I remember being like I sat in that room and I'm just like looking around at everyone and I'm like expecting someone else to feel the way I feel and you can tell everyone's just sitting there like yeah I want to be pre-med I want to be a doctor and I'm like I got to me and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. I just take bio because I like science. But I was like, oh, God. I was like, okay, got to figure this out. So I took that nutrition class and I immediately went to the nutrition department. And I was like, I want to switch majors, um, which is super easy to do a freshman year. So I switched majors. And honestly, I went into nutrition having no idea that a dietitian existed, um, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. I, it just like never was a part of my life. Um, so I kind of just like... I was always, I felt like a step behind everyone else because I I feel like at Cornell, everyone like knew what they wanted to be when they grew up when they were five years old and I didn't. You didn't know what you were going to college for? No, no, I went to college. I I wanted to go be in the sciences. I knew I loved science. I loved anatomy and physiology. I felt like maybe PT, maybe sports science, maybe like exercise science, you know, like that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like I had no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to go to college for. Like, and, um, and never growing up, you had, like, to write the paper that was like, when I grow up, I want to be a, mine, by the way, um, I, I, I wrote a mermaid and a dolphin. I yeah, feel like I, I knew you. what growing up meant. My God, but, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you would 100% write mermaid. Right. No, but I don't feel like somebody should be like, mm, should we explain to her how growing up works? Like a career? No? Okay. No. I would have, if my daughter, I don't have a daughter, but if I have a daughter, she wrote right that. I'm going to support the heck out of that. That's creative. So you never, you never like knew, like had even an ideal? No. So I remember. Do we, like, should we blame your us? eighth grade teacher because you were like not knowing your identity, which by the way is pretty prophetic for where we're going with this conversation. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a therapy session now. Maybe just unpacking all this now. But I remember. And so it's interesting. It's like if you go and tell the personality type, which I love, by the way, like I love learning about my personality and others because it's just so like interesting. Mm -hmm. But I remember we took, I can't remember what personality test it was at the time, but I think it was freshman year. And I remember the teacher being like, you're really confusing because you're in a bunch of different categories. Whereas everyone else is like solidly in something. I w- which I don't think is abnormal for a ninth grader to be unsure of. So looking back, I'm like, I feel like they did me a disservice by telling me like I was the only one that happened to be span a few different personalities. And or a unicorn, like that's what people strive for now. I think, uh, really? yeah, that's crazy town. And so I remember, and so like, that's just obviously goes parallel with, I remember not knowing what I wanted to be. And it was weird because it was like, I, in my mind, it was like almost what should I want to be? That's how, what I always thought. I was like, mm. what makes sense? Like my mom's a nurse. So like, that was something I didn't know I would write down, but I never meant it because that that's not me. Like, I don't, I, it's fine if blood and guts are around me, but I don't want to deal with your blood and your guts. Um, I don't want to deal with your like blood in your guts. <laughs> I'll call you an ambulance, but I, I don't want to deal with that. So um, you were doing what you thought you should do. Always. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. 
And I think nutrition was the first thing that I did because I wanted to do it. Like I took that class because I wanted to do it and I had no idea why, but it just like kept calling to me. But I never, like, I know I have to look back. My mom sent me one of the papers I wrote, you know, in like grade school mm-hmm. and I forget what it said, but I don't think it's anything profound. It was nothing funny like a mermaid and it was nothing like doctor. It was probably like, I don't know something a teacher I probably said teacher because it was like oh my teacher asked me this I'll just put teacher (laughs) (laughs) you look good what are you I'll be you (laughs) like that's a hundred percent what I would do because I'm like I don't know what does this person want me to be I'll be that so you kind of alluded to where we met um you and I met um at work I feel like I watched you from the sidelines sounds creepy let me finish this sentence I watched you from the sidelines learn how to be you. And that is ultimately kind of what I wanted to talk about is that transformation. So how in the world do I start that conversation, Sassy? Like where, where does that, where did that apex come in your life? Like where did we, how did we start that? Oh my God. I I feel like meeting you, like it did change my life, like for the better, because I needed, I needed someone to look, I needed you, I needed Trisha, I needed other people in my life to look up to, like strong women who were 100% themselves unapologetically, but also like strong willed, because I think that was always in me, but I never like, I never gave myself permission to be that person. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, after college, I worked, I went to grad school after grad school. I went, I always had like an identity, like, right. I was always, I was always in this nice safe bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, and after grad school, I went to work at a hospital and after the hospital, I quit because I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was literally ruining me. Like I developed panic attacks and I was all of a sudden an anxious person, which I had never been in my life. Right. Um, so then I quit that kind of landed into my lap because of a mutual friend of ours. Now, uh, I went to college with her and she was like, Hey, we're looking for a dietitian in the CrossFit space. So I don't know where we go from there, but that's basically when I met you, I had been doing, I had been in that role for like, I don't even think three, no, probably like three months, four months. Yeah. No, not long. And I met you. I wasn't there long before you came. I mean, you were already kind of around. I knew of you, right. but I didn't actually meet you until I was probably like four or five months in at that job. And yeah, I do think, you know, the nature of that job was, you know, not something fit for um, where you were in your life. Like, I, 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 in flat out honesty, I think now that you've, emerged out of, you know, your little sassy cocoon, it, it would have been great for you, you know, but at that time, it, it definitely was not. However, I believed it served its purpose, which a hundred percent. Yeah. Obviously I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, you know, meeting me, but, um, <laughs> it, situations in our lives tend to, whether we know it or not, be the catalyst that gets us to where we need to go. And that path to the next phase of us um, is never beautiful. Like I will challenge anybody who says that it is there. 
an amazing next version of yourself will have trials, tribulations, hardships, will have some, some grit in there because that's, you know, like the very, again, I'm like full of cheesy sayings in the morning before I've had my coffee. <laughs> like like a diamond, it, it has to go through, you know, some forging. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And that job was that for me. Yeah. So, I think I was still struggling with who I was mm-hmm. and I went into that job kind of willy nilly. I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. And that job put me to the fire and, you know, it, it completely changed my life for the better at the time. If you had asked me, I would have said it was the worst decision of my life. But now looking back, it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. Yeah. So it was crazy. I mean, you know, I was in tears how many days a week. Like I was probably, I was a not great version of myself during those years. Yeah, no, um, you weren't. Um, But the thing was, is that when you don't really know who you are or who you are, this I think this is a better thing, who you are is fighting to get out, it wouldn't have mattered what you were doing in your life. And I, I fully believe that. And who you are now was, ironically, being sassy as hell and fighting to get out. And, um, you know, that juxtaposition of you fighting to keep it in and not knowing what to do and, you know, stress of a you know, of a demanding job, um, you know, was kind of, it's, it's kindling in fire. So you end up leaving that position and you're right back into, I would assume the same position when you stopped swimming. Who am I now? What do I do with my life? Correct? Totally. Yeah. So tell me what was going on then at that time when you, um, you left the wonderful world of sales. <laughs> um, Which, to... Yes, that was not the right role for me. But you're right. I think it was also nothing would have been the right role at that time. I was mm-hmm. just I was going through a lot personally, yeah. trying to figure out who I was, and uh, um, I was still doing work for other companies at the time, working for that meal planning company. I was still coaching, and I was trying to find my voice of like what you know, what difference did I want to make in the world? And that wasn't easy either. Um, And it was right around the holidays too, which was really hard. So like trying to figure out my work and my career alongside of also managing families who live all over the place and whatever. So So um, what happened? What do you mean what happened? Yeah, like how'd you you pick your boots up? Was that that year? I don't know that it was just the hundred days. I feel like you decided, well, let's back up. You decided that you were going to grow, you know, being a dietitian, you were going to grow a private, you know, a, your private business Correct. and, um, not knowing what that looks like and, you know, kind of be bopping along with that. And then, yeah. And then. I don't know if it was that year. It, it might have been the new year, which would make sense when you were like, all right, I'm going to commit to, and you want to tell everybody your 100-day commitment. Yeah, so I basically, and I don't, it might have been that year. I went to an expo, and I was like part of this influencer summit, which I hate the word influencer, by the way. Um, but they basically, this girl was talking about how, um 
she was so fearful as a child and like she feared everything. And so she decided to commit to this hundred days of like no fear. And so she would do things like, you know, get touch a spider or jump off a building, like things like that, that she was, was scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about it and I was like, that's amazing. And she basically said by the end, she did a Ted talk because she was just consistent. And I was like, huh, I could do something for a hundred days. Like I've done how many things in my life for a hundred days. What mm-hmm. if I just committed to writing a blog post, posting on Instagram for a hundred days, what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, everything could go wrong. But like, I was like, I can do that. Right. That's a hundred days is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And at that point I, I was so empowered because I was like, you know what? It's either do or don't like, it's either commit to my business or find someone else to work for. And I'm like, this is the time where I'm in between. So why not? Um, so I literally committed to myself, which I don't often do. I normally commit to others. I committed to myself that I would write a blog post and in, put a post on Instagram every day for the sassy dietitian for my brand. And it didn't have to be perfect. Like I allowed myself that. I'm like, you just have to, it has to go live by midnight every day. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did it for a hundred days straight. And it was the best thing that I could have done because it started giving me a voice. Like before, sure, I had been known as a sassy dietitian, but like I was all over the place. I didn't know who I was, obviously. And I didn't know what the point of what I was even doing. Like I knew I had a voice. I knew I wanted to say something, but I didn't know what my voice was Mm -hmm. in the community. And I think that that's what really gave me the platform to just showing up daily, even though I wasn't perfect was okay and it was more than okay because it started to transform what my business was and who I was reaching and what I was telling them. Yeah, so what were some of the things you learned across those 100 days? Good, the bad, the ugly? Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you came across a moment or nine where you said, nope, I don't want to do this today. Nope. Oh, yeah there were so many days that I didn't want to do it, but I just did it anyway because I'm not a quitter. (laughs) Um, And I was like, you know what? Just it's a hundred days. Like if it doesn't work after a hundred days, that's fine. You have your answer. You can move on. Um, So there are definitely a lot of doubt, a lot of self doubt, which I have a lot of. Um, I don't think that's uncommon, but I have a lot of self doubt. I have a lot of like that imposter syndrome of, I don't think that I'm good enough. I don't think I know enough. Um, There are a lot of days where I didn't want to post because it wasn't perfect, but I, promised myself I'd post, I'd post anyway. Um, the good was that I proved myself I could do it. And I started to find my voice. I started to not be so cautious and conservative with the way that I talked. So something that I, I think maybe growing up in a Catholic home and a oh, Catholic uh, school, it led me to believe that I had to be this, like everything was perfect to the outsiders. And I started to let down my guard I'm still working on it because I think all of my friends behind the scenes see it. They see my guard down every day Mm because I finally started to be more vulnerable in my life. Um, And so I started to try to let that trickle out into my social media, which was really scary because um, letting people in is really hard for me because I clearly, I have trust issues (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) Um, Probably because probably middle school and high school of like a lot of friends just not being nice to me. Um, But you know, I have a lot of trust issues. And so I don't really want to let strangers in my house, which is my social media, like right open the door. But mm-hmm. it was the best thing ever opening up to people like I have met so many cool people over the past few years, because I let them in because they know that I'm the real deal. I'm not this fashion model. I am not some like 
Insta model, Insta whatever influencer. Like I'm just a real human with real, you know, real life problems, nothing super major. And I just want to help people gain control of their health and learn about nutrition. And the more I could kind of open up, the, the more I felt comfortable opening up because I was just showing up every day. And then I felt like, okay, I could kind of, I could tell them about my life. I could maybe let them in. And when I did that, the opposite of what I thought would happen actually happened. Like I thought that people would hate me and they would unfollow me and they wouldn't want anything to do with me, but the complete opposite happened. I started to get followers who were there for the right reasons, who actually wanted my help and my services and who were my biggest fans and my biggest cheerleaders outside of like those close to me who I knew are my big, know are my biggest fans. So like, I remember getting texts from you being like, I got a hundred followers last night. And I, and like, like you being just so freaking excited about that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you're awesome. Who wouldn't want to follow you? And you just like totally seeing the fruits of being you, which it's so interesting to me that you, all the things that you just said, because I've always known you to be a person who has a very difficult time putting a graceful sentence together without some kind of noise or (laughs) 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 and and that is one of the things like I love about you um it's even a thing about our friendship I'm like how few letters can I tell her what I want to tell her and we like mush words together and (laughs) please send help please send help um and it's just, it's crazy to me that that was something that was difficult for you because that was literally all I ever knew of you. I never knew um, that difficult side. Well, so it's interesting because my name, the Sassy Dietitian, came about because I asked people close to me when I was starting the Instagram like years ago, the Instagram, now I sound old. Um, <laughs> I asked them like, what are three words to describe me? And so Sassy came up a few times. And I was like, huh you're right. Like, that's totally me. And then I basically didn't, it was weird because I had this name and people always wanted to know about it. And when you meet me in person, you get it, but it wasn't translating in any of my social media or any of my blogs because I was so reserved Mm -hmm. and I was so worried about being judged for not being perfect. And what's funny is like, I'm so not perfect and I'm not that type of person, but I was just, it was like my upbringing. Like I thought that I had to be this like perfect human who never swore and never mixed up her words and always had a perfect sentence. And like, yeah, that didn't translate well coming on social media because it's just not who I am. Like I, I couldn't keep up that facade anymore. I'm like, yeah. that's not me. Like I am, I'm very emotional for the good and for the bad. Like I am very passionate. Like I get really heated really fast. And then I, can re- I can reason with it eventually. Like, you know, like when I'm upset, it's literally like, ah! and I was like, okay, we're good. We're good here. Just had to let it out. <laughs> no. And I like, I encourage you to show that stuff. I'm like, people need to know that you don't know anything about makeup. Like, I know nothing about makeup. <laughs> I know that one day when I decided that liquid eyeliner was a good idea, it's not a good idea because I don't even wear eyeliner. Like those are the things. Like if I if I could tell, if I could tell one thing to my nieces and nephews, like, I mean, be weird on like be your weird on purpose. Like more, don't hide mm. that. Like I, 
I, I watched, like, I watched you and I, like, and it's how I, what I've learned from being your friend is how I've even pushed my nieces and nephews. Like, when I see something about them that is, like, on the surface a little different, I, let, I make sure that they know that I think that's the best thing about them and that they should be more that. of that. Like, um, one of my nieces was made some comment about freckles. She noticed that she had freckles and um, not many other people at her school did. And she came to me and she was like, Aunt Raya, you have freckles. And she was like, is that okay? And so I started like counting hers. And I'm like, oh, I like this one. Look at this one. It's next to this tiny one. And we were like counting them and letting her know like, yeah, girl, you, you own those freckles. Like, I think they're beautiful. And, you That's know, adorable. Yeah, and like, you know, she's she's a little bit of you in the fence. She's like, she's not a dancer, but she's in dance. And <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't want to help her learn that dance more. I want her to be her, you know what I mean? Like, I want to watch her just flare her body around and enjoy it because she's, she's beaming. Like, she's having a blast. And it's not until we introduce... Uh, conformity and judgment that mm. we start to suppress who we are. Like and that's you, so you were that girl. I, you were that girl. Yeah. You were the girl you are yeah. now, and probably even more so before someone said something that made you think that being that is not okay. And that that hits home because that's exactly. I feel like I was for so long trying to be someone I wasn't because I wasn't like you, I got rewarded for good grades. I got rewarded for, you know, lacrosse, not no goal scores for the defense. I got, you know, like I got rewarded Mm -hmm. for certain things and the weirdness was never rewarded. And it's crazy because now I can't imagine not being me. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine not like being the person I am and what's crazy is I have some of the best friendships in my life right now and the best relationships in my life right now because of who I am I mean even with my husband I have a better relationship than when we first met and it's because he saw who I was from the beginning and he's always saying it's like I just wish you saw all this before you did he's like but you didn't he's like and that's okay but I won't call him his nickname on the podcast he killed me (laughs) He's he's honestly he's the best. I don't. He's lived through so many versions of me, and he loves all of them. Um, but he, like you, I think he saw who I was through it all. Like yeah. he didn't. He knew all the facades were just, you know, me trying to fit in or whatever. Um, and then meeting you too. I mean, you literally always let me be me, and there was never anything wrong with it. And you always challenged me to be me, which I need to be challenged. And I also need to be told that it's okay to be me. And, um, yeah, that was hard. It's hard to come to terms with when you've lived for how many years, you know, trying to fit into this perfect square, Mm -hmm. um, when that's not who you are. And, and and how do you feel now? Like, like I know how you feel, but tell people who don't know you. Um, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. And, I was just actually talking to JJ last night, that's my husband, uh, about how my 30s have been the absolute coolest years of my life so far. And it's not because they're easy. It's not because that I've been handed things. If anything, they've been the hardest 
but because of who I am and the people who I've built around me, it's honestly the coolest years of my life so far. And it's because I'm truly happy because I'm not hiding. Like Mm -hmm. I am who I am unapologetically. And I now have some of the closest relationships I've ever had because of it, because people know exactly who they're getting when they meet me. There's no question. (laughs) That's awesome. I think one of the key things that's really important in what you just said, I am who I am unapologetically. It's really important to me to differentiate. To me, there are two kinds of people. There are people who say that and they've done the work on themselves to be able to say that. And then there are people who say that as a, a, a blanket for the nasty, you know, like I am who I am. You can just deal with it. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's not, um, it doesn't come from a person who, who continues to better themselves. It comes from a person that says, this is who I am. I will make no edits. I will make no revelations to my, to myself. Like even more backup, you said, JJ has loved you through the many versions of yourself. We continue to need to push to meet new versions of ourselves. And that is when, when you do that hard work, you can say, I am who I am unapologetically. And that is a person who continues to grow. So um, I think it's, you're definitely that person, the positive side of that. And um, I just love you for it. I think you... It's weird. Uh, yes, I am older than you, but not by much. But it's so weird how like I feel. I feel so much like your big sister sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> I just watched her just like grow up before my eyes. You know what's crazy is that I think I was so nervous because I was I was a not great version of myself when we met. Like I just wasn't. Like I was pretty miserable. I, it was because I was going through figuring out what I was doing and who I was. And I was yeah. going through a lot of that. And so I did have a fear. I was like, I feel like I'm pushing this girl away because I am not being a great human. <laughs> like, um, and if anything, like you really helped me through all of that because you accepted me for who I was and you just kept challenging me in the best way. Like, you know, a challenge isn't necessarily a bad thing or a negative thing. For yeah. me, it was exactly what I needed because you challenged me to keep showing up and to keep trying and to keep being me and stop doing things that didn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I love about you because you're just so real with me. And I love, I, I welcome realness and I, I know that I'm not perfect. Who is? Thank God. Um, But like something that I've been, right. Thank God. Something that I've been working on is, I don't know if you, do you like read Brene Brown at all? Do I read Brene Brown? Okay. Okay. I will. Get off my podcast with them. Okay. I'm going to hang up right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No. Vulnerability is the greatest uh, sign of courage. Yeah. No. I feel like I, side note, I feel like I was a student of her for a good (laughs) year and a half. Um, and And that word, vulnerability. So, yeah. What about her? Let's talk. God, I love her. Let's talk about her. Right? Like, she is amazing. Just uh, every book I've ever read or listened to, I just love. Um, there's two points, actually, that kind of come around to that. One is I love her saying clear is kind. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the hardest things that I've had to work on, is that I constantly try to protect people 
by giving them what they want as opposed to giving them what I need to say or what, what they need to hear. And mm. so I always was okay as a dietitian. Like, I feel like I put on my dietitian hat and I could give it to people straight, right? I was just like, say, like, hey, you're, I know you do that for your clients. 100%. And so because I could, it was like I was putting on my dietitian hat and that was giving me the confidence and whatever, the umbrella to do that. But in my life, like, I, if I couldn't go attend something, I would tell people like, oh, yeah, I think I can. And then I just wouldn't follow through. And I'm like, I, I don't want to go. Right. But I want them to think that I want to go. And like things like that, that I'm, I'm still working on. Like that's something I'm not great at. And it's because I'm constantly, wor- I'm still worried about what people think. And I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I'm, I'm constantly worried about everyone else when I should probably worry about myself sometimes, but I don't. Um, but I'm working on it. And that's like, I always, that's like my motto of like, remember clear as kind because at the end of the day, it might hurt someone in the short term, but it's going to hurt them way worse in the long term if you lead them on and you're not clear with your message or clear with, you know, your intent. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. So that's there was two. That I, what was the other one? The other one is vulnerability. So mm-hmm. I actually saw someone just post about this and I thought it was really, really interesting. So basically he was saying like vulnerability isn't you just like, you know, saying that you had a rough day. Vulnerability is opening up your flaws and opening up for criticism, opening up your life or your whatever for criticism and for whatever critique. And I thought that that was interesting because basically what they were saying is that with the whole social media influencer world, people realize that if they post about whatever their problems or their bad day, they get validation and they get people to, you know, feel bad for them or like their photo or whatever. And he was like, this isn't vulnerability. Vulnerability is far bigger and far more intricate than this. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And I think what, why I don't like the word influencer is because I can't relate to these influencers. Like I am, I want to be known as an educator and a leader. I don't want to be known as an influencer. Like, of course, like what I'm doing will influence your life, hopefully, but that's not why I'm in it. And when I get vulnerable, I'm not just looking for validation because I don't need validation from social media. Like I don't really, I honestly need validation for myself most days. Like that's what I actually need it. Um, Hmm. So when I'm vulnerable, like I'm truly putting myself out there and hoping that I'm not going to be completely torn apart, which is what vulnerability is. It's not saying, Hey, I had a bad day. Feel bad for me. It's, Hey, I, you know, I'm finding out who I am and, this is what I found so far and I'm welcoming you into my house to know more about me. And I'm hoping that you don't, you know, break anything that's of value to me. (laughs) Well, it was in when I told you, I was like, Hey, um, I'm starting a podcast and I want you to be on it. And I saw, you know, I heard you were like, yeah. And I, and I was like, Oh, we're not going to talk about nutrition. You were like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I want to talk about, you know what we're talking about, and you were like, "Go!" You know, like all the noises that I love that you make. I was like, "I said yes, but I have to go through it." And I was like, "It's you have no choice. This is not a thing that you have a choice in. Um, you will, you will do this." Um, and and I watched you be like, "Yeah, no, let's do it." And you're 100 percent correct. This right now is is the vulnerable part because it's now this this is going to go out in the world. I was doing. You were the first person I texted when I was about to do a Instagram live. And uh, I was like, 
so nervous because I kept tripping over, you know, all this stuff. I was like, oh, do people have to see this? Like, it was going out to, like, 23,000 people. And I was like, I mean, that's a lot in my world. I've never talked to 23,000 people at once. And uh, and you were like, yeah, no, welcome. Welcome to me every day. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Merp. Like, I know I am. Like, it's just, it's weird. Which is totally fine. <laughs> I mean, it, what's crazy is that I've met so many people over the past year and a half, I would say, is when I really started to, like, come out of my shell. And it's all for the better. Yeah. And they know exactly who I am. And I, one of the best things that I've done is I don't give the haters any space. If you're gonna come to me and have a legit, argument and you want to discuss great but if you're coming to shit on me because i don't know i don't know if i can swear on this (laughs) um uh if you're coming to you know just basically give me crap and just because you want to make yourself feel better i don't give any and i don't give any time to you Mm -hmm. and what's crazy is like a year and a half ago i would have a year and a half ago you know, that doesn't mean that I sit here and I'm like, oh, the haters don't bother me. Like, they still bother me because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm trying. I put so much effort into every post that they do. And now you're coming and you're basically attacking me. And so, of course, it still affects me. But I don't I try not to give a lot of time or energy to that. But I would have. Are you kidding? Like three years ago when we met, I would have given everything to them. And yeah. I would have tried to fix them. And I would have tried to fix me. And it's, it's crazy because you can't. You, you just can't because those people are never going to hear you or they're just not ready to hear you and that's okay. And they're have, they have other issues going on and I can't fix them. But the cool thing is that there, for every hater, there's like, you know, 20 other people who are literally ready to aim and fire at these people. And it's mm-hmm. so cool. Like I don't even have to do it now. I have like this army of people because I just was real because I'm just honest and that, they're ready to stand up for me because they know that there's no BS behind the scenes. Like I'm not faking anything that I do. I mean, I've just posted, I was wearing socks with Crocs yesterday. Yeah, like, you were, you were, you know, I'm, I'm a fashion person now, but, um, <laughs> you know, not, a funny, fa- not a fashion blogger. I was like, not a fashion blogger, not a makeup tutorial blogger. Like that is no. so not me. <laughs> You'll never probably see any, like, what is that, like, like to know it? Like, no, I, that's just not me. Sorry. Like, you want fashion? Go to to a fashion totally should. No, that's why you should do that. Like, would you like to know where I got these pink Crocs? Like to know it. (laughs) Like to know it. (laughs) Um, gosh, yeah. So, um. No, I love it. I love it. I love you. And that's fantastic. Um, all right. So before we sign off from this therapy session, seriously, <laughs> um, is there, if you could impart like one sentence, one sound bite to the world, if you sign off and people charge off into their day, I'm going to talk a little slower so you can think about this. Oh my God. <laughs> <pressure>. <laughs> oh God, the pressure. I always think of side note. When I ask people this in a podcast, I always think of um, Pretty Woman (laughs) when she's like, the pressure of a name. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I thought maybe I'd have it by the time you stop talking. Um, I think one of the biggest things I learned is that I, 
I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I just have to prove it to myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I was working so hard to create this image and I lost myself in the process, but I also like lost faith in myself. And so once I started proving to myself that I could do it through the hundred day challenge, it was like seriously showing up for myself. So maybe that's it. Show up for yourself. Don't, don't worry about showing up for others until you can show up for yourself. Because really like at the end of the day, you have to live with you 24 seven. And if you're not happy with you, you're not going to be happy with any other relationship in your life or any job or any, anything else in your life. You did it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Laura Lagos, Thanks for the the therapy session. Mahalo for listening, everyone, and for more stories and or to support the podcast or be on the podcast. Go to www.eatpraylivealoha.com. Thank you again. It says what? It said no caller ID. I don't, I, I don't have ID. <laughs> Are you dead? I don't have ID before 9 a.m. 9 a.m.? 9 a.m.? I was I, up at your favorite time today. 5 a.m.? No, I don't know that they make two of those. There's two fives? <laughs> <laughs>